Renee. Hey, Andrew, and hello, Ingas Nation. You're listening to the CrossFit Ingas podcast, episode 12. Welcome to episode 12. So we are finishing up week three of our nutrition challenge. Yep. And um, we want to recap a few of the uh, weekly winners because we've had, this is a new format, right? Yep. Um, So. So we we got two weeks of winners. Yeah. So who was, uh, week one we did, uh, it was based on total points. Yeah. So whoever got the perfect week um, was the winner. So we have Ed Duffy and Joe B. Congrats, guys. Awesome. Joe B is, uh, I think his last name is Beam or Bam. We weren't quite sure, (laughs) (laughs) which is why we just threw the initial out there. Joe B, congrats, buddy. Joe B. And you can um, correct us when you see us. (laughs) Um, Week two, so that was for the most creative or inspiring um, food photos on Instagram or whether you email them to us if you don't have Instagram. We had two winners for that as well, right? Yes, so we had Lauren Fippinger and Adam Houston. Yep, congrats guys. And what are we doing for week three? So week three we're doing uh, by nomination. So if you know of someone who you think is crushing it both within the challenge as well as in the gym Mm -hmm. we are asking you to basically submit your vote for who you think should be the week three winner and we're going to take nominations through the weekend Mm -hmm. so up until the end of the day on sunday and we'll pick the winners on on monday cool so get your votes out there and you can email us or text us or private message or whatever or you can Put it out there publicly, yeah, yeah, and post it. And we've gotten a few already, so... give give them a shout-out. Yeah. Yeah. It's well-deserved. Okay. So we are diving into more, like, an extension from the last podcast of more nutrition questions and topics. Another nutrition roundtable session? Yes, exactly. All right. So I think the first thing that we wanted to talk about was, um, so we got the... Uh, a new system for measuring body composition, yes. the in-body. So we wanted to just give a bit more background on what that is, what what it measures, mm-hmm. um, and why it's useful. Yeah, so this is a method of describing what the body is made of. And what it does is measures our weight, our skeletal muscle mass, and the body fat percentage. So in the past, when, we, when we've done these challenges, Um, And even this challenge, at the beginning, you either saw myself, Kate, or Dave, and Mm -hmm. we did the pinching, and, you know, we went to the bathroom, and it was very, you know, close. (laughs) Um, This kind of removes all of that and um, takes about, what, 15 seconds, right, to fully do the scan. Um, And there's no estimations, right, so it's not – if three of us are pinching it's not as consistent across um you're fully clothed you don't have to take your clothes off maybe just your socks um and what it does is it'll track your data every time you use it so you can see the changes that are made in your body and what changes maybe that you need to make um and it's going to spit out those results breaking down all those different components Um, And there's a lot of info on these sheets, too. So if you do have this done, you know, we can definitely take more time in explaining all of these elements to you. Yeah. On a more one-on-one basis. I think the so the big driver for going to this was, like you said, the the caliper method we found was just too unreliable. Right. 
so we just didn't have the faith in the measurement that we wanted to have to be able to really show progress over time. Exactly. Um, so this, this measurement is going to be more consistent and it'll allow us to really track progress over time. So we're going to start, aside from the challenge, mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, this will be available to people in the gym to use. Right. Um, you can, you know, to, to again, track your progress over time. You can see how changes in your diet may be affecting your body composition. Um, and you know you can have the scan however many times you want right, right, right. For, for a fee yeah um, we're also going to start including it into fundamentals mm -hmm. so everyone coming in through our on-ramp program is going to get the scan uh, at the end of fundamentals so that'll give them that baseline marker test mm -hmm. and then as they go through the program over time they can have scans in the future and again track their progress right. over time because um, you know as most of us know um, the scale doesn't always tell the whole story. Exactly. Right. So we, what we want to see is not necessarily weight just going down. I mean, maybe for some people that's the case, but we want to see our lean mass going up mm -hmm. and our body fat percentage going down. Right. Right. So you could, there could be a situation where if you're gaining muscle mass, your weight is going up. Um, not to free, nothing to freak out over, right? right yeah. Right. But your body fat could still be going down. <laughs> exactly. And if you're just looking at the scale, you won't know that necessarily. Right. So this this test will give us a a better window into our progress, both in the gym as well as what we're doing nutrition wise. Right. And um, the bottom portion of this sheet, actually, every time you do use it, you can see that progress. It, it's on. It'll be spit out from the last time. Yep. And and it'll show you kind of like. Is it kind of like a graph situation going yeah. on once you yeah. have more data? Yeah, it'll so. show it'll show your each test so you can see like you know how you've progressed over right. time. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yep. So if you have you know if you have any questions on the test, um, like Renee said, we're we're gonna use the in body for all of the final measurements right. for the challenge. Um, you know, most people that have, are in the challenge, we gave everyone the opportunity to do the test about at the midpoint. Yeah. And I think a good handful of most people, people got it were done. able to. Yeah. yeah. So it will be what we use at the end of the challenge. And then um, going forward, if you want to have scans separate from the challenge, just come see one of us and right. we can set those up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So what do we got next? So we're going to dive into... Do we want to do that one next? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So now that the weather's getting a little bit warmer, we're probably sweating a lot more. Um, something just to be a little more conscious of is your water intake. And there's really no like one true answer to this um, of how much water you should drink. You know, we hear a lot of um, maybe you should drink eight ounces, eight glasses of eight ounce cups of water. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, or like carry around a jug of water and whatnot. Um, but there's, there's really no true answer to that. If you're thirsty, if you feel thirsty, you should drink some water. Yeah. Right. Um, but on the other side of that, it is warmer. We're going to be doing, you're probably going to be sweating a lot more in, in your workouts. So maybe just be a little more conscious of drinking a little bit more water. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean... You can definitely you can definitely be in a situation where you're drinking too much water. Right. That's the case. But I would say most people are not in that situation. Exactly. Right? So drink water throughout the day. Like, you know, have, have some, like, 
Um, you can have a water bottle, just sip on it throughout the day. Yeah. Like, just make sure you're staying hydrated. And like you said, particularly as we get into the summer when it's getting much hotter, um, try and make it more of a focus. Right. Because I, I can definitely tell, like, once, you know, once we get into the summer months and it's warmer out. Yeah. Like, I, I can tell that I'm just, you know, more dehydrated and more thirsty. Right. Um, so just make sure you're being cognizant of it as, as the weather starts to get warmer. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so we are going to get into next a little topic on um, the glycemic index and glycemic load. Yeah. So what what is that? So the so 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 backing up a bit, mm -hmm. when you eat anytime you eat a, a, any sort of food, your blood sugar um, goes up, right? Right. Um, when you eat a food, it gets converted to glucose, and that causes your blood sugar elevates, right? So the glycemic index is basically a ranking of how one gram of a certain food will impact your blood sugar level. Mm -hmm. So things that have a higher glycemic index uh, cause your blood sugar to increase more um, compared to foods with a lower glycemic index. Um, so think like refined carbs have a very high glycemic right. index, right? Um, so they're going to cause your blood sugar to go up much more right. than say... Uh, vegetables. Yeah. Um, so why why is this important? Um, when your blood sugar goes up in your body, your body releases insulin mm -hmm. insulin to regulate the blood sugar levels. The problem is it, if you're in this consistent state of elevated blood sugar, mm -hmm. um, a whole bunch of bad things can happen. Right. Right. So is that where we start to see chronic disease kick in and that sort of thing? Yeah. Eventually. So. Hyper, hyperinsulinemia, mm -hmm. which is basically too much insulin in the bloodstream, mm -hmm. which is caused by too much glucose in the bloodstream, is essentially a precursor, precursor to a whole host of different chronic diseases. Right. And pro probably the best example of this is type 2 diabetes, yeah. where um, what happens is if you're constantly having your blood sugar elevated um, to an extreme extent, your body becomes resistant, either resistant to insulin, mm -hmm. meaning the insulin can't regulate the glucose in your blood the way it should, mm -hmm. or your body doesn't produce enough insulin. Right. Um, and so essentially what that means, and in that, if people in that situation have to then inject insulin to control their blood sugar. Right. right? And that's not to be confused with type 1 diabetes, right? Right. So type 2 is something that, you know, not eating very well, like Andrew's saying, and um, you, you kind of give it to yourself. Yep. But it's it is reversible. It's lifestyle. It's it's caused by your diet right. and lack of exercise. Versus type one diabetes, that's something that you either develop. That's hereditary. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you can't go come back from that. Right. 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 Yeah. And like you said, so type two diabetes is reversible. Right. Right. So if you improve your your diet and your ex and you exercise more, you can reverse the effects of, of type two diabetes right. and become you know less sensitive to the insulin and it and it functions the way it's supposed to. Exactly, again. and then you don't have to take medications for this. Yeah, and what's what's crazy is that like one in three adults are at risk for type two diabetes. Scary, just based on yeah. on diet, right? Um, so and and the the flip side of that is aside from like the chronic disease standpoint. If your insulin levels in your blood are constantly elevated, you can't burn fat 
Mm -hmm. uh, you don't burn fat the way you, you would normally would when you exercise. Right. And the calories that you eat get stored as fat. Right. Right. So if we're if we can if we can control our blood sugar levels, then we're going to get leaner. Right. Right. So not only do we have less risk of chronic disease, but we're also going to get leaner in the process. Right. So it's this, like a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Th it's, this is really the game that we play, right? Yeah. Within our nutrition is we want to try and control our blood sugar levels. Right. Right. Um, and so that's where the glycemic index comes in. Okay. Right. So you want to eat foods that are kind of low glycemic index. Right. The problem with glycemic index is that it only tells kind of half of the story. Right. So the glycemic index doesn't factor in serving size. So right. all it tells you is how your uh, blood sugar levels are going to respond when you eat one gram of a certain food. But right? we're not doing that. We're no. not eating just one No one's gram. eating one gram of pasta. Right. Right. Um, so the glycemic load factors in the serving size. Mm -hmm. And so, and this isn't perfect either, right? Because if you, if you're not following the serving size, then you can kind of throw it out of the window. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like if you eat two times the amount of sweet potato as what is considered a serving, then, then it's you're just, basically doubling the glycemic right. load. Right. So you have to, you have to also take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a better, it's a better measure than just glycemic index because it factors in uh, some form of a um, service measurements size. yeah yeah um, so the glycemic load you basically take the glycemic index multiply it by the grams of carbohydrates mm -hmm. in a single serving and then divide that by 100 okay. and, get, and that gives you your glycemic load so it's more of a relative rank than glycemic index right so and this is so this is a good example of okay. how glycemic index can be a little bit misleading so glycemic index of watermelon is a 72 out of 100, which mm -hmm. is very high. Right. Uh, but the glycemic load of watermelon is a four. So it's much, much lower. Right. Because a serving of watermelon is mostly water. Right, exactly. Right? So the glycemic load is much lower than the glycemic index. So typically, what we would recommend in terms of the foods that you want to eat would be glycemic load of um, 15 and below. Mm -hmm. So anything above 15, you want to try and limit in your diet, right. okay? With with certain exceptions. Um, so things that we that we typically so stuff that we prescribe in the nutrition challenge, right? right? Great examples. Vegetables are less than five, mm -hmm. right? So very low glycemic index. Meats are essentially zero, right? So no glycemic response, no no insulin response. Um, fruits, most fruits are typically like fives to tens, mm -hmm. so a little bit higher, but again, still pretty moderate. Right. Um, there's a couple exceptions, like bananas are a bit higher, which I think most people know, like, you know, bananas are higher, are starchier, they're, right. you know, higher sugar level, yeah. I guess. Um, dried fruits are also pretty high. And we don't, that's why we avoid them. That's, yeah. yeah. And so we, tr yeah, in, within the challenge, we try to avoid dried fruits, right? right? Um, things like legumes are again like fives to tens, mm -hmm. so pretty low. And then our starchy vegetables are typically on the order of ten to fifteen. Okay. Okay. Um, so I put together like a few kind of comparisons just so people can see like different foods sure. and what the glycemic load looks like. So um, apples are a six, mm -hmm. so low. Fairly low. Yep. Apple juice is a 30. Fairly high. Yes. <laughs> and um, as a comparison to that, uh, Coke yep. is a 16. So apple juice <laughs> has a higher glycemic load than Coke. 
that's not saying that apple juice is not is is you know more unhealthy than coca-cola is for you because there's more nutrients in it and all that kind of stuff but in terms of how it's going to affect your uh, blood sugar levels it's gonna it's gonna spike up up, more than coke right and the difference being there between the apple and apple juice is we're looking at processed versus versus not yeah right you're yeah so you're you're processing it i mean think think about apple juice is basically just concentrated sugar from apples right if you think about how many apples you'd have to get to get your one glass of apple juice that's it's a lot higher there's a lot of you're also stripping out all the fiber (laughs) yep so the fiber in the apple is going to uh regulate your your blood sugar also um, so when you don't have that fiber, you cause a much higher spike in your blood sugar yeah. levels. Um, so this is another good one. So brown rice is a 16. Mm-hmm. White rice is a 43. Kicked up there. Yeah. Yep. So if you, and within the challenge, we don't necessarily um, distinguish between right. the two. But if if weight loss is your goal, we want the brown rice is better than white brown rice. rice. Yeah. Because that, that, insulin response or that blood sugar response is going to be more subdued if you're eating white rice compared or brown rice compared to white rice and again it is white 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 rice is more processed than the brown rice so we want to keep it as clean and unprocessed as possible and that just as you process foods the glycemic load goes up right um white rice and brown rice are essentially the same the white rice is just more processed right um so this and so this example is just shows differences in cooking okay so like a baked white potato is a 33 mm-hmm. versus a boiled potato is a 21. Mm-hmm. um so de- the, depending on the way you cook certain foods it'll will change impact the glycemic right. load um have you heard of the the resistant starches with potatoes yes i have so <laughs> do you know what that is yeah so it's, it's go ahead well it's when the potato cools yep. right and then it, what is it, the, what it, what's the component that changes? So when you, when you... You cook it and then you let it cool. Right. The glycemic load goes down. It'll go down. Yeah. And this can, like, you can keep doing that, right? Yeah. Like, the more it cools, like, if you cook it again. Well... Is that, is that right? When you, so you can, <laughs> you can heat it up again after yeah. it's cooled. And, and then let it cool down and again. It do, but, and you, it doesn't affect the glycemic load. Right. So, so like... You know, having a, a, a like a regular raw potato has has a pretty, but no one eats raw potatoes, right? Has a pretty low glycemic right. load. When you cook it, it goes way up. Yeah. Then when you cool it back down, it starts to come back down again. And then, and then you can you can do heat that it again. up again, and it doesn't doesn't change it. So it's it's just an interesting thing. I don't know if that applies to all starchy vegetables, but but potatoes. Um, potatoes, yeah. I think we've talked about before the potato diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like a terrible <laughs> diet. I don't even like white potatoes. It sounds boring. Yeah. But I guess if you're going to eat white potatoes, you know, maybe cool them down first. Yeah. Pota- apparently, potato salad is better than a baked potato. Exactly. All right. Um, and then, so for reference, uh, uh, sweet potatoes are like a 15. So much okay. much more moderate compared right. to white potatoes. Kind of, kind of along the same lines of like the white rice, brown rice right. comparison. Yeah. Um, so the potato diet that's funny <laughs> I, I don't even like white potatoes <laughs> really no not at all i don't mind them no like uh, the little ones the little the little like those are, those are okay the little tiny ones if they're cooked properly what what does that mean i don't know loaded in butter <laughs> like probably something unhealthy yeah yeah <laughs> a little salt and pepper they're good yeah yeah I, i'll go for sweet potatoes any day though those are like dessert yeah, yeah. 
I don't understand people that don't like sweet potato. Neither do I. There's somebody recently who I talked to who said they don't like. Oh, I think it was Allie. <laughs> Sorry, Allie. 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 Allie Willie. Oh boy. <laughs> Gotta learn to love them. All right. So, okay. So, so bringing this back, like how all this ties into our our philosophy on nutrition. Right. So if you're eating within the guidelines of the challenge, then you're naturally eating low glycemic load foods. Right. So you're good. So you right? don't really have to like think too much. Don't overthink it, right? Just yeah. keep doing what you're doing with, with what you've learned during this challenge. And, and, and this is, so there's a reason why we are picking these foods for what mm -hmm. we want to eat, right? It's because this one reason, it's not the only reason, but I mean, last week we talked about nutrition density. And right. That's, that's another factor. Mm -hmm. But also, like, these foods that, that we are suggesting in the challenge are all naturally low glycemic load. Right. So, like, if you think about our, our serving within the challenge, you've got your, your serving of meat, which is a zero. Yep. Right? Uh, you get a big serving of vegetables, which is less than five. Your healthy fats, again, less than five. Mm -hmm. And then you get a moderate serving of carbohydrates right. which ideally is in that 10 to 15 range right so if that's you know if you're eating like that you're good you're good yeah yeah um we we already kind of talked about this a little bit but like as you so as you process food the glycemic load goes up right um and so this i got an example here like regular oatmeal um like old-fashioned oats yep. that you would cook on the stove is a 13 um instant oatmeal that you would you know throw in a bowl and put in the microwave yeah. is a 30. So a huge difference. Again, the right? processed get, jacks it up. Yeah, so you're, you're, they're adding sugar mm -hmm. in there and then just anytime you're processing foods, you're stripping away the nutrients. So the least amount of processing, processed foods, the better. Right, right? and which is exactly what we've been doing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the other, the other important factor in all this is uh, the balance in our meals. Right. Right. So within the challenge, we very specifically are saying we want protein, carbs, vegetables, and fats at every meal. Mm -hmm. There's a reason behind that, right? So when you eat foods that have a higher glycemic load combined with proteins and fats, it's going to lower the overall glycemic load of the meal. Right. Right. So that's why we want protein carbs and fats at every meal right right so so recently I got a, a question from Katie yep. about um, you know she was have, having trouble eating the vegetables and from the sounds of it it was she would kind of eat her protein and carbs and then she you know save them for later kind of thing yeah like, or she like she end. wasn't hungry enough to get through all the sure. vegetables so a better strategy is eat some of each container right. until you're full right so that you're getting that balance at each individual meal rather than just leaving those vegetables right. and only eating your protein and carbs. Um, and so another kind of example here is like, this is why people who do um, count their macros mm -hmm. can sometimes get in trouble because typically it's a lot easier to hit your protein and fat goals than right. it is your carb goals. And then you have all of that left over. Right. right? So if, if you've got this bolus of carbs left at the end of the day and you have this, you, you, so you, you have whatever it is, right, mm -hmm. a bunch of carbohydrates, that's going to jack your blood sugar level up and, and cause this big release in insulin. And just kind of go through that cycle of everything we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Right? So that's, you know, that's, that's the worst thing you can do. This right. is why we want that balance of all those food groups at each and every meal rather than just eating a bunch of carbs right. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, 
and snacking also. So this is another thing, right? Yeah. Like when people snack, they typically go to foods that are 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 carbs. Yeah. Right? Like like what do people snack on? Crackers, pretzels, potatoes, chips. chips. <laughs> ice cream whatever right whatever Ooh, it is snacking on ice cream <laughs> getting crazy right. get wild <laughs> but usually like you know people aren't going and and having uh, a chicken breast for a right, snack right right um or like going to the raw vegetables it's like they're looking for some sort of other satisfaction yeah, there processed yeah. foods exactly. high in carbs which again causes that huge spike in in blood sugar and then you're hungry yep. a lot sooner and Again, that cycle just continues. And you're not eating it with any of those other macronutrients that right. are going to blunt that response. Right. So, again, that's, that's, enough, that's why people who tend to snack a lot get in trouble. Right. Because it just causes that, that rapid increase in blood sugar. Yeah. Um, so, and all, and all of this kind of comes back to, like, so if you, if you don't, you know, there's a lot of, like, kind of technical stuff in this and mm -hmm. the glycemic load. There's, you know, you can go through the list and... and yeah, you can just, like, Google, like, yeah, it's the out glycemic there. index and or whatever, and it'll, yeah, a it list will pop ranks, up. ranks right? everything, yeah. right? But if, if that's just too much, like, if you're eating real food, then you're good. Right. Right? Because, again, the, the more... The more you process food, the higher the glycemic load. Right. So this is why, you know, our nutrition philosophy is eat real food, not too much, and mostly plants. Right. Right? Nice and simple. It's simple. It's it's taking the guesswork out of it. Like just there's we're not eating much processed anything. So right. and that's easy. <laughs> yeah. So if you I mean if you if that's the only thing that you remember, then then you're good. Right. Right. Eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Right. Nothing processed and no refined sugar. Right. And just by doing that, you're naturally going to be eating flu foods that have a lower glycemic load. Yeah. So that kind of ties in or transitions us into how we're going to deal with all of this stuff or, or not deal with it, but transition into after the challenge. Yeah. Day right. to day, right? Exactly. And there's a lot there, and this yes. is this is probably what people struggle with the most, right? Right? Is transitioning that aftermath. It's it's hard. Yep. Because the challenge is very structured, mm -hmm. and it's like if you you know give me the rules and I'll follow them. Right. But then when the challenge is over, those rules are no longer there. Free for all. Right. That's what we want <laughs> no. to avoid. No, pump the brakes. <laughs> so next week. So next two weeks. Two weeks. Sorry. Two weeks. We're going to dive into an entire episode on how to transition off this challenge and how to make it more of a day-to-day -day kind of thing and some tips and um, tricks of how to sustain that. Because this should be something that is sustainable because we don't want all the scary things that can happen post-challenge to happen to you. That's the goal. So yeah. Make it sustainable. Make right. it part of your day-to-day your -day life. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. So I think that's it, right? That's it. Cool. So we will see you guys in two weeks. Like I said, we're going to go through that transition aspect, which a lot of people have been inquiring about. So mm -hmm. that'll be perfect. So stay tuned for that and keep kicking butt. We have one more week left. One week left. All right. Keep killing it, guys. Bye. Bye.